0: Hey everybody, welcome in. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics, My Fantasy Fix, DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, we're coming away from the pro-pro, see not the pro-am, the pro-pro, at Pebble Beach last week, uh, Uh, uh. getting ready for... Yeah, it's terrible. I apologize. Um, I'm snowed in. Getting ready for the uh, Genesis Invitational, a uh, great West Coast event. Before we do that, though, let's take a look back at Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach, only two courses in the rotation, a two-day cut this week, not a great field, but still one hell of a fun tournament that ended up being a, a really good Sunday. Probably not exactly how you and I wanted it to end up with our bets and our lineups, but at the same time, the speed story continued. You had Kentley and Berger, so while you didn't have a great top end of the field, uh, you still had those guys in contention. Not to mention, of course, Day was not that far off, uh, as was Paul Casey. So the cream did rise to the top, and we got a pretty good tournament at Pebble Beach uh, at least, obviously, I thought so. What are you taking away from Pebble?
1: Well, now, wait a minute. You had Burger and One and done, so... I
0: did, finish. so in the Mayo Cup now, I'm inside the money. I would cash for 225 if it stood today, ninth place, I believe. So I was happy for that, but as I told you, I mean, with the bet on Knox, I had three bets on guys who, who top sixes or wins on guys that finished T7. Like, i am I love to look at my Mayo Cup standing and see that I'm in the money, but there's a whole long way to go. I wouldn't mind taking a uh, ticket to the book and cashing it instead. But you're right. It, it, I did enjoy it. Uh, uh, I, I had something going, and I'm I'm certainly happy to be in contention right now.
1: Yeah, somebody's sitting in 2,829th place in the mail. Cup. <laughs> um, yeah, under $400,000. Yeah, I'm not doing so hot. Um, But, no, the only thing I cashed was a Knox Top 10, and that was even split a little bit because there was a multiple-way tie. But, no, I thought it was fun. And, I mean, you – you know, you saw all that scoring one through seven on Sunday again, and then all of a sudden you start seeing some disaster holes. Lashley with a four putt from like 13 feet that he he really tripled, knocked himself out of the tournament. But um, boy, you want to talk about uh, clutch? This is what you win a tournament. Burger eagle 18 putt dead center. Like that was that's how you win a tournament.
0: Yeah, that was that was juicy. I mean, you know, a lot of guys not even hitting that green, and not only is Burger in there, but he hits a little side blender to the uh, to the eagle side, and I uh, I was happy for him. I you know, good for him. He missed the cut the week before and knocked me out of a miscut challenge. But he, uh, at least in my soul, in my heart, he rebounded and for my love by getting me the win in the Mayo Cup. So um, with that field and that different course than what we're looking at this week are we taking any way, anything else away from pebble beach other than some great storylines for uh for riviera
1: um a couple things one is matt mcneely said he really likes playing you know he's from california loves putting on poa so i guess maybe consider him in, in california but i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go on something here like we had two rulings was, was it mcneely on saturday and, and yeah Knox and on it- sunday were rules violations where they were told a few holes later that this was a penalty after a video review where was this for Patrick Reed and Rory (laughs) I thought about that like okay now now, is it because it's McNeely and Knox or is it because they learned something that says hey look this video camera stuff after all the attention Reed and Rory drew that you know what we need to start implementing this a little bit more
0: I don't know. I had not thought about that till just a second. So I'm not sure that I have an answer for you. That's an interesting, uh, interesting question because, to ask. I mean, and certainly the former part of it makes sense. Like you know, it's a lot easier to do it to all due respect to Knox. So I bet on uh, and and McNeely, but they're not Reed and they're not Rory.
1: Right. Like all, that's all I want is consistency. Either do it to everybody or don't do it at all. And
0: yeah,
1: I mean, I, I kind of think these, you know. I'm not sure the one for McNeely or Knox were real, were worth penalties. Um, I really don't, but that's the rules of golf. But, you know, let's just see some consistent enforcement issues. Kind of all I want to see. That way we're not sitting here wondering, well, what is the standard? Uh, I would agree wholeheartedly
0: with that. Uh, As a guy who watches a lot of football and you see that between rules, between officiating crews. You know, that let yeah. some let things go. I, I get you there that some consistency and as a player, uh, not that I could even remotely identify as, a, as one of these golfers, but you, you want to know, like, you know, I know just playing high school football, like if this is holding cool, if it's not cool, but if you're going to let the other team get away with it, let me get away with it or let neither one of us get away with it. But let's have a standard and let's make that the standard. Let me know what's acceptable and what isn't. And uh, I'm right there with you on that.
1: As somebody who's at a lot of high school basketball games, I always laugh when they're like when I hear some random fan call it both ways. You look at the foul count. Oh, both teams have six fouls. Like, what more do you want? They're gonna miss <laughs> calls, but you know, if it's fairly even, a fairly even style of play, or or call it both ways, one has eight, one has two. But the team with two fouls is because you know, you know, the other team's just jacking up a bunch of threes. Guess what? You're not gonna do on those fouls, right? Balls? Whereas if the other team's is driving the paint, yeah, you're getting more calls. Like, you know, it's, it's why I like golf, you know, a lot too, is that very few official rulings come into play. Like, and it's also a game of honor and integrity that you call your own penalties or you ask questions because I'm sure Knox could have not said a word. I'm not even sure that anybody would have picked up on it, but he called it and, you know, better for him for to doing that.
0: And I think that'll be better for him in the long term too, right? I, do. I like to believe that anyway. Yes. Well, let's take a look at the Genesis uh, coming off of uh, a tournament last year that Adam Scott won. It's at the Riviera Country Club. It's a par 71, 7,300 yards. Uh, Skeeter, I'm going to ask you a lot about this course. Before you get into anything else, is there an Augusta comp to this course? Yeah. Adam Scott, Bubba, DJ – I mean even Charlie Hoffman's had some good tournaments here. Phil has uh, one. Always here. making it about him. There you go, another one. So okay. I, I thought as I was getting ready uh for the show today that this was definitely a thing. So on top of what you're looking for, that is indeed there as well for you. I, I'm glad to see that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I um Mayo mentioned Wells Fargo too, because James okay. Hans won both. I think Phil has won at, at um at uh, at Wells Fargo, JT won the PGA there at um oh I can't think of the name of the course right now. Um, Quail Quail Hollow.
0: Is there okay? So so I'm with you on the uh, Augusta. The Augusta. I'll have to look a little bit further into the Wells Fargo. Well, to I mean
1: Hideki was runner up there. He's played really well here. Han has won both. Um, I don't think J.B. Holmes. I don't know if D.J. won. He's played there. but So those are the two kind of courses that kind of popped out. Um, okay. And, you know, the fair point with the Augusta one, too, is, you know, yeah, we see the similar winners, but could it also be because, you know, these are strong fields.
0: And um, they're elite elite golfers, right?
1: Right. And even, even you know, maybe – or there's a lefty narrative, too. I think Mike Weir has won here twice, and he also won Augusta. Uh, Brian Harmon – He's,
0: he's not – he's he's not got a great – he has a third, but that's the only thing inside of top 50, right? Right. Well, no, 47th last
1: year, excuse me. Right, but – and I don't know of any other lefties offhand. I, I
0: looked up Harmon because I thought the same thing too, by the way.
1: Right. I mean, if there's a lefty correlation, you might as well, but – um. but no, this – I think this is a tournament last year, and it's funny that it's coming up right now because I think you and I are both recording this on Monday after late afternoon with a snow, with a snowstorm outside for both of us. Um, yes. I think I had two snow days last year during this because I swear I watched all four days days of this. I watched a ton of it because this is you know right before COVID uh, shut down, shut down everything. So. Yeah, I remember, you know, I remember watching a lot of this event. You know, one's, like, the easiest par 5 on tour, I think, because it's, like, 511 yards. Plays, it's, a down, it's a severely downhill tee shot. So, it's basically, like, when, when the U.S. Open comes here in the next couple of years, this will probably be a par 4. You have 10, which is just a great 285-yard par 4, where you can make doubles because it's such a narrow green in the bunkers. You know, it's hard to hold a green. So... It's you know I think there's some iconic holes I think there's a is six I think it's the par three where there's a bunker right in the middle of the green so if you hit the wrong side you literally might have to hit right the, you might hit a green but you might have to hit a wedge to get to the other side like there's just a few unique things and this is, this place is a tougher tougher tournament most of the cuts are usually even par to two over par so you know hundred only hundred twenty one players I think are playing this week so that'll you know. Should be a higher six of six unless we see complete chalk bust. But it's a strong field too. Like that's it's going to be a really fun tournament to watch.
0: Beautiful field, certainly. Looking forward to it. So, what statistically are you looking for from uh, from the field before we get into the individuals?
1: Yeah, so I think you want to find your birdies are better, but I think also bogey avoidance. I mean, if we're going to see a cut plus one, plus two, potentially somewhere around there, you got to avoid the. bogeys uh putting does kind of pop up here again with approach scrambling i'm looking at the proximities 150 to 175 is the largest one with a decent amount coming from 175 to 225 and then also there's i believe five par fours from four to 450 450 to 500 so those ranges are what i'll be looking at here too but again such a strong field you know we were du- we were begging last week for Gary Woodland to be seventy six hundred or you know, uh, Brennan Steele at seventy one hundred. Like there are some really good golfers in the mid to low sevens. Even there's there's even six k golfers. Like I think you could legitimately play.
0: I do not disagree. So let's uh, let's get into the field if you're ready to rock it. Yep. All right, well, let's hope we get to see him play. I think we will. But we'll start at the top. DJ Dustin Johnson, 11-3. Justin Thomas, 10-7. Rory McIlroy, 10-5. John Rahm, 10-4. Bryson DeChambeau, 10-1. Skeeter, give me your favorite play in
1: the 10K+. plus. Um, I like them all, but I'm going to go Rahm at 10-4. This is a significant discount, and we've seen him play well in Florida. Or Florida. That's, that's, that's next week. We've seen him play well in California in the past. He's played here twice, 17th and 9th. I just think all around, he, he provides the value here I'm looking for. Over past 24 rounds, 13 to green, third opportunities gained, 7th in bogey avoidance, ninth in scrambling. There's really nothing that he is bad at. He's average putting, which I can live with. He's consistent whether it's, you know, t- last four rounds, last 100 rounds. I love DJ. He's my second play here, but for 900 cheaper... With this quality of field, I, I think that's enough for make me to make Ron my number one pick here.
0: You said all of them. That's the answer. Anybody listening, if there's one that stands out to you, play them. I, yes. I can, honest to God, find a reason why each one of these guys could be number one and number five in my rankings. Uh, Skeeter, we'll get to number five in a little bit out of these top five. But uh, my number one is DJ. Why? Because yeah. he's the best in the world. I legit think we're getting ready to watch DJ rip it open, world number one for a stretch. I think he just hit his stride. Eleven three, we may be wishing to get DJ at eleven three here soon. He was going to be twelve K in the field last week. He's the best player in the field. He is on top of his game right now. He's won here before. I mean, there's if you if you ask me who's going to win this tournament, my answer is DJ. My only question is, do I use him in one and done or save him for a major? But DJ is my favorite play. I expect him to
1: win. No, I, and look, if if this is in a vacuum, yes, Dustin Johnson is my number one play. I'm just trying to play golf variants here and say, is he this dominant? That is this? Is he this likely to win that you pay up for him and not take a discount on Rom or even JT at ten seven?
0: Which I'll I'll say this to you, my my book has Rom as the number two at plus 11, uh, 1,100 ahead of Rory and Thomas. So they think he's number two, while DraftKings hasn't priced number four.
1: Right, and I mean I guess that's all it comes down to is. There's value. I mean, this isn't Dustin Johnson and then the next best golfer's Webb Simpson at, you know, Heritage, where there's, I mean, where there's a clear gap. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a gap right now where DJ's playing, but I don't know if it's this significant where, you know, in a DraftKings perspective that I want to sit here and, you know, say, okay, I'll take DJ over everybody else. I'm going to play Dustin Johnson, at least a lineup. But, you know, at the book, am I going to, you know, does, does DJ win twice, two times for every time Rom wins once, or Rory or JT? I don't think so.
0: That's very fair. Very fair. Um, So, you said DJ's your second play. My second, I'm going Rory. He played yeah. well here before. Again, I'll go back to the fact that uh, you're, or excuse me, I say he plays well here before. Uh, There is a fifth, a fourth, a 20th, a 20th, so... Played pretty good here. You want him to, he's got to finish top five to be worth the price tag here. The 20th won't cut it. But again, we're splitting hairs. He's a little cheaper. And quite honestly, I wonder if because he hasn't been quite as impressive as of late as some of these other guys, that he might be the cheapest own. or lowest Lowest own, I should
1: say. Yeah, I don't know. And it's way too early for, we're recording this Monday late afternoon. So pricing's only been out for a few hours. So I'm not going to take a look at your early ownership uh, things there. But, He's number four for me. I guess he's number three for me. But, again, I think at least the top four for me you can throw in a bag. For me, Bryson right now is probably number five. But, again, if he wins, am I shocked? Not really. I'm fifth and 15th. So he's also had two good finishes here. I just don't know where he's fully at yet with his game.
0: It is always a question mark. I'll, I'll give you that right there. Ah, uh, here, here's my fade in this tier. It's it's the same answer as my favorite. You can fade whoever you want, and quite honestly, when we get into the 9Ks, there's a few guys I really like. You can fade the entire tier, so I don't think you have to be in this tier. I think it's very possible the winner does not come from this tier. I mean, again, I said I expect Dustin to win. He's the favorite for a reason, but Dustin could finish third or fourth, and one of these guys in 9K could win, so my fade is the whole tier oh. if, you, if you feel like, You know, you don't have to go that way. I'm going to set 10 lineups. So I'm going to get in the tier a little bit. I'm going to stay out of it with some lineups, too. Um, If you're asking me to pick one, I would fade Rom. Why? I have no idea, because that's the one I picked. Legitimately, that's the one I picked. He's got fewer DraftKings points here recently than Dustin, Justin, or Bryson. There's no reason that I can give you other than I picked one out of a hat and Rom was five. (laughs) Seriously, that's what I think of this top five, honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Bry- I me mean, is just that number five for me, but I get it. It's, I mean, it's, you know, price, price involved. I just, you know, I think ROM's too cheap and I actually like that DraftKings kind of put DJ in his own tier with a significant discount to the other four. Now it makes you think a little bit.
0: And I mean if you look at what the book's going, Rom actually makes sense. So maybe my fade is is foolish, but uh, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at on an early Monday. So what do you say we take it to the nine Ks? Sounds good to I me. Mean. Let's start with Xander at 99. Brooks is 97, Patrick Cantley 96, Colin Murakawa 95, Daniel Berger, the recent champ, 94, Tony Finau, 93. Speeth ninety-two, Matsuyama ninety-one, Adam Scott, the defending champ nine K. I did say the recent winner burger, I should say Brooks Kepka, who I poop on a lot on this uh, program, ninety-seven hundred, is also a recent winner as he won his last time out too. So a couple guys defending uh their their recent wins and Adam Scott defending his win in this tier. Skeeter, where are you going? I like this tier.
1: I do too. I'm gonna go Cantley at ninety-six hundred, um, Rates out really well in some of the categories I'm looking at. 10th, tee to green, 5th and scrambling, 7th putting, 8th birdies are better. His issue is he's not good in the wedge or the 150 to 175 or 200 plus range over the past 24 rounds. That's what kills his value, but everything else, he's there. He played well last week, uh, was in contention on Sunday. Just, I don't think he could make a putt yesterday, if I remember right. Um, just did could not get anything going. 17th, 15th, and 4th. I, I thought one of these years he was in contention. Maybe he's had a bad Sunday, but I'm usually not a Cantlay guy, but at this price, at this discount, I'm considering it. So six hundred for me. Cantlay is my favorite in this tier. He might be my one-and-done pick. Uh, top 10 in this field across the shorter-term range is 4, 8, and 12 rounds.
0: The favorite from last year, last week's field, after dropping out was DJ. After DJ dropped out, was Cantlay, and now he's ninety six hundred. You got to like that. So that just talks to the strength of this field. Here's the thing with Cantlay: I did notice his last two tournaments where he's been very good. He's had two great rounds. Right, he had the ten under on was it Thursday last week, and then he just kind of hung around the other three days. He shot a sixty one at the American Express on Sunday. So. Uh, trust me, I'm interested in him. I had him a number three out of this tier for me. Okay. I was just a little bit worried about that consistency, but I'm pick. I'm really splitting hairs.
1: No, that's that's all fair. So, who's your favorite then?
0: I'm I'm going with Tony Finau. I mean, who's been more consistent than Tony Finau here lately? Uh, is he going to win? I know, I know that's the story, but fourth at the American Express, second at the Farmers. Then he goes over to Saudi, finishes second there. He had an eighth at Mayakoba. He was not good at tournament champions, but he's been good outside of that. You know, if you want to talk the Masters correlation, I know tournament champions is also a correlation course um, to the Masters, but he's played well there. He's got a decent history here, does Tony Finau. He's pretty cheap down at the bottom of this 9K tier. I imagine he'll be popular. He often is. But I really like him at 93 here in this field. And I do kind of feel like, I know, the wind's coming. I really do think the wind's coming here soon.
1: a heck of a spot to get a win at. Um, in this field? Yeah, it would. Yeah, I can't argue with anything with Finau. I mean, his numbers across the board are really good. His only struggle is, and it's not putting, believe it or not, for Finau. His struggle is approximately from 175 to 200. But everything else checks out real well. Uh, pretty good longer term. So yeah, I don't have a problem with him at ninety three hundred. I probably don't don't get on him. Probably like the top and a couple other guys here, but I don't have an issue with it.
0: If you don't go Cantley, where are you going?
1: I think two other guys I'm looking at Morikawa at ninety five hundred. Uh, seventh at Sony, seventh at tournament champion. So good start there. He's you know he he did win a US o- or a PGA here in California. He went to Cal. So I think there are some local connections there. Fifth and approach, twelfth T to green. It just can he make a putt. Very good at those ranges from one fifty plus. So I like seeing that. And then defending champ Adam Scott. I mean, he's won here a couple of times. Not not the best scrambler, not the best putter, but he seems to have this place figured out. Um, let me pull up his other history because besides the win, he's seventh in 11th in seventeen, second 10th and thirteen. Like the guy loves Riviera. So. I think at 9K, I think that's a good enough value to consider Adam Scott.
0: I would certainly take Scotty over the defending – the other uh, past champion that he's priced very close to. Um, I would go with Xander Schauffele. Like I said, I would fade the 10K tier. I mean, Xander could very well come away with the win here. He's been playing very good. Got rid of a Demon at Farmers when he had the great T2 there. Then he's got a T2 at the Waste Management. So the question, who's been playing as consistent as Finau? Maybe Xander. So I like Xander an awful lot. I could make a case that I know he's not in the 10K tier, but I like him about as much as anybody but DJ up there in that tier as well, price uh, price-wise. So
1: I like Xander a lot at 99. I mean, Xander and Callie are both ahead of Bryson in the odds. Like, Bryson's a 17-1. I saw that. To one, So, I mean, if you like Bryson, you're getting a good number on him. Uh, if you don't
0: like anybody in this tier, and I'm with you, too, by the way, on uh, on Scotty. I like him, too. So, if you don't play any – or, I'm sorry, if if you find somebody in this tier you don't like, who are you fading? Easy for me to say.
1: Yeah. Um – Maybe the luck just runs out on Spieth here at 9,200. Like, He's been great the past two weeks. His approach numbers are really good, which is good to see. I just – like, Spieth at Phoenix, yeah. Okay, Spieth at Pebble last week, yes. Am I ready to play him over Berger or the same tier as uh, Scott and Cantley and Morikawa? I'm not there yet. So I, there's an argument for it. I get it. I'm just personally not ready to move th- to that point yet.
0: I like Finau a lot better, but I would play Spieth better than uh, ahead of the guy below him, Hideki Matsuyama. He just well, yeah, does, he doesn't have anything going right now. And I know he's played no. good here before, and I know he did have a second at uh, Houston. And I think it was the BMW or one of the FedEx Playoff Cup events right at the end of last season. He played very good. So he's popped a couple times recently. He's a great player, but he's just not playing nearly as good as Spieth has been the last two weeks. He's nowhere near what Tony Finau is right now. So I just feel like Matsuyama doesn't belong in his group. I mean, I guess he does. Well I don't know where else you would price him, but for me he's the fade. I would definitely play Scott, Speed, Finau, all these guys ahead of him.
1: No, and I'm fine with Hideki. He really has I mean, when you struggle at Phoenix, which is his own backyard basically, where he's played that course over the years, yeah, that's a sign something isn't right. So that's probably a good point. Maybe I should have taken him over Speeth too, as far as the fade.
0: It's not quite an 8K that you would tier that you would see in a major, but it's pretty good. Bubba Watson has won here three times, 8,900. Joaquin Neiman, 88. Victor Hovland, 87. Mark Leishman, 86. Scotty Scheffler, 85. Cam Smith, 84. Will Zalatoris, 83. Max Homa, 82. Matthew Wolf, 81. Jason Kokrak, 8K. Skeeter, decent group of 8K golfers. Who do you like
1: the best? Uh, my first bet is in this range. Actually, I got two bets in this range, but. Fifty-five to one, Joaquin Neiman, I mean, we saw him go go two-two uh, at in Hawaii. He was just gaining strokes on approach like mad. Four strokes at Sony, seven at the Tournament of Champions. Was positive in all the strokes gained models. Like since the CJ Cup, he's gained or he's gained positive strokes four, five registered rounds. The other he was even at RSM, but he's just playing really well right now and. This feels like a decent price at 8,800 and 55 to one. Like, I understand this might be a step up for him to win in this tier, but he's—I mean, I've, I'm willing to take that chance at that at 55 to one. So for me, Neiman is my favorite play here. Uh, statistically over the past 24 rounds, fourth tee to green, fourth and birdies are better. Number one, par fours 400 to 450, not the best proximity 150 to 175, but even the putter has been pretty good for him. So. Everything rates out well for me over twenty four rounds for Neiman at eighty eight hundred.
0: Neiman was my number two. The only reason my number two is because my man crush is my number one, Matthew Wolf. If Bryson DeChambeau and Matthew Wolf have a correlation, Bryson was fifth here last year, fifteenth two years ago. That means okay. Matthew Wolf should be able to play well here. We've seen them play well together on the same courses. The price I'm getting on Wolfie here down all the way to eighty one hundred. I love the price. I mean, Wolf is just a better golfer than Kokrak or Homa. At this point, Zalatoris, probably Cam Smith and Scheffler, too. I know Wolf's not been great as of late, but I'm taking a little bit of that course comp uh, or, or the player comp with Bryson. I'm also taking a little bit of the fact that you talked about you know, being able to score on some holes, 10 and 1, for example. Matt Wolf has the distance to make those Eagles and Birdies happen. So from a DraftKings scoring perspective, I like it. I wish he'd been playing a little bit better later. Had he been playing a little bit better later, he'd be in the nine Ks, there or the high eight Ks. So I love Matt Wolf. We're going to go there.
1: So you must really like him at eighty to one, then.
0: Uh, I certainly do. I mean, let's be honest with it, Skeeter. I'm betting Matt Wolf. Even if you remember, I forget what it was—the tr- uh, one that Laird won in the playoff. Paul like Stryker's. I like Wolf so much that week, and the odds weren't great. I just said, okay, I'll just bet more on him. Like, yeah, uh, Matt Wolf is—he is. He is Getting close. He's a very young golfer. He's getting close to that Hoffman Boo weekly status in my world, though. Wow. I'm a big fan of that nasty, ugly swing, and the kid's got a great attitude.
1: Yeah, no. Ethan approach, number one proximity, one fifty to 175, six from 200 plus. His big issue over the past 24 rounds, he's 118th in his field scrambling, which is not good because these are small greens. But if he can find the greens... I'm with you. I think 8100 is a nice price, and I really like 80 to one at the book.
0: If you don't go Neiman, where are you going?
1: Well, I'm going to go to the other youngster. Then a uh, Hovland at 8700. Yeah, he just continues to put up consistent results. Thirteenth um, in my model. He's 17th tee to Green. Second, approximately for 200 plus yards. Fifth in the par four from 450 to 500. Like he can be a little tough to figure out at times. Like he either plays well or tends to just kind of struggle a little bit. Not the best Poa putter, but I mean, he's second to farmers, he gained 5.4 strokes on approach there, gained four strokes putting. Like, it, the putter's really his hit or miss thing, but he's just another one that, you know, I you know I think there's some arguments to start in the uh, 9K. Heck, you probably even build a lineup of like four 8K guys and two 7K guys and be unique and still feel like you have good win equity. So, Paulin's just pretty consistent for me at 8,700. I'm going to take that and I just I think he's still growing into you know, the peak golfer that we're going to see here soon from him.
0: He's ahead of Scott Spieth, Matsuyama, Scheffler, Watson, Neiman at the book, at least where I'm looking. So uh, he seems like uh, like he where he should be, and perhaps a little mispriced on on DraftKings, at least a hair. Here. So I'm with you. I like Hovland. I told you Neiman was my number two. I'm also with you that you could start with a handful of uh, guys from the 8K. I actually love to do that. With a 10K build, or I'm sorry, 10 lineup build, one of them is always just like that. Like, I'll keep playing 8K guys I like till I can't. Uh, you know, and it usually starts with four, sometimes five. Uh, so what about the two Aussies? We, Camp Smith had a great Masters tournament. Uh, if there's a comp there, and I like Leishman. You know, at Augusta, long term, sometime too. So, what do you about? What do you think about the two uh, Aussies there?
1: I I don't hate Leishman. He has been playing better. Um, has he won here before?
0: Good. He's had a good outing or two. Fourth. Two Where are you at, Marcus. Ago. There you go. Fourth two years ago. A fourth and a fifth. Okay.
1: was he? Maybe maybe he was a leader after 36 or 54 holes. I thought I remember him
0: making noise here one
1: year, but um.
0: And Cam Smith had a sixth here in, be- uh, in between those fourth and fifths for Leishman.
1: I'm not on him. I Again, I don't fault you for it. We've seen, again, they, they do play Augusta pretty well, and there's that narrative here. So I'm not on him, but I don't hate it. Who do you fade from 8K? There's a lot a lot to like. Is there anything to dislike? Uh, for me, it's Scotty Scheffler. Um, I know he's coming off a seventh at Phoenix, but that was a heavy putty-induced. Everything else, he's been losing strokes off the tee. His approach has been okay. Just nothing kind of really going on for him right now. 16th and birdies are better is his best thing, but his approach has just been off. He's 103rd in approach, 117th and that proximity from 175 to 200. Like, I just, I'd rather play Cam Smith. I'd rather play Leishman around him. I'd rather play Wolf. Heck, I'd rather play Homa, who's one at Wells Fargo. So Scheffler, until I see a little more consistent form, I'm just going to pass.
0: Scheffler was down at the bottom of my list, but Zalatoris is my official fade. Um, I, there was a lot of heat, a lot of talk about, oh, Zalatoris is a sneaky pick at Pebble Beach, and he really faltered. And, you know, uh, there was a talk about outside of Mayakoba, he had top 20, like, so many tournaments in a row. Well, he missed that with the T-55. Um, I want to see how Zalatoris responds. So I'm going to have my eye on him, and I do believe he's still a talented player. I'm going to have my eyes on him. But I want to see how he responds in this field in this tournament. And in this group at eighty three hundred, when you're gonna get me Matt Wolf below him, and Max Homa, who's a California guy who finished really well here last year, I just and and then Cam Smith, who I said I like above him, like eighty three hundred just doesn't seem right for Zalatoris in this field to me.
1: No, I I think it makes I get it. Um I get why he's priced there, but
0: when Abe answer, who we're about to get to, is seventy nine hundred and, and Zalatoris is eighty three, like there's just not a chance I'm playing Zalatoris,
1: right? And you're an Abe answer guy, correct? So. Big time. I mean, I got a different guy in the same kind of general price area that I like too. It's my guy, but um, no, I I get it. I mean, he, it's it's one of those things like his recent form's been really good, but and and of course the fact that he was you know sixth at the U.S. Open, like this is a U.S. Open type of course, like. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of see it again from him. Like I think long-term he's going... I mean, he rates out well in the stat models, which would probably give him some some attention. He was set up at Farmers, another U.S. Open course, so... in a decent ar- field, too. Right, so I think there's an argument for that, but no, I, you know, it's it's that debate that we always run into the youngster versus the established older youngster, I guess. Like, what do you do? <laughs> so, I get why you're faking Alatoris. I don't think he's the worst play here, but... I get it. There's still questions. Like it's 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 that it's that recency bias or that not recency bias. It's the I want to see more of it before I'm convinced.
0: I had two lineups with him last week. I wish that those had been speed lineups too at a little bit of a cheaper
1: price. So that's maybe that plays a little bit of a role. To, to
0: little recency bias, maybe yeah. But, but that's it, all right. It what happens? Do, what do you what do you say? We move on to the seven Ks. Yep. Big old list. We got some studs, some major champions in this uh, group. Skeeter, I won't give them all, but I'm going to ask you your favorite out of what I feel like is a pretty good list.
1: Do I know who your favorite is? Maybe, maybe. Is it your maybe? Tradi- is it your
0: traditional favorite? Uh, I don't. I don't. I haven't established my automatic answer for you. I'm trying not to make it Charlie Hoffman every week.
1: <laughs> That's exactly where I was going to. Um, of course. For me, seven thousand five hundred. Corey Connors. Um, he's starting to play better. Again, when I look at his numbers stat wise, he's in the top half in every single category I'm looking at, including putting, which for Corey Connors, woohoo, uh, 10th birdies are better. Six opportunities gained 20th tee to green. He's even 32nd bogey avoidance, which can sometimes be an issue with Connors, but his approach, he's getting a lot of strokes off the tee. His approach has been good. His around the green has been neutral. His putting has kind of been neutral. That's kind of what I want on of Corey Connors. Like, just get me to the green. Be able to scramble a little bit. Be able to make some putts every now and then. Or at least don't three putt from 20 feet. And that's kind of what he's doing at 7,500. That's almost kind of the approach I want to take from somebody in this range. So, for me, Corey Connors is my go-to guy. What is he at the – I'm not I'm not sure I'd want him to win. I'm with you on Connors, though.
0: He was a guy I thought uh, I had a chance to uh, to do well here. So, he was one of the names I marked in the 7Ks. There's a few I like. I'll just go – I'll go Carlos Ortiz. He's been playing pretty good. He finished – two years ago he finished ninth here, and he was 26 last year and actually 26 here in 2016. Try saying that uh, two times fast. But we've seen him win in in November, and he backed that up with an eighth in Mexico. He finished fourth at Waste Management. He's been making cuts in between in some of his not as great outings, but T14 at Sony – 29 at Farmers. At 7,800, Carlos Ortiz has been playing outstanding, has been good here. He's on fire. Why not? I love Carlos Ortiz at 78. I love a few guys in this 7K tier, though.
1: Yeah, I don't – Ortiz is a guy I just – I don't know why I don't play him. Like, like he pops up so much on roars I, I get to Saturday and like, why am I not playing Ortiz? Like, I, he's legit good, and I just yeah. never end up on him. So, but, no, Um, I – yeah, I think I have to look into him. Um, maybe it's also because if I'm paying seventy eight hundred dollars for golfers, Russell Henley, <laughs> Fair enough of guys. Um,
0: you know you can pay seventy eight for two different golfers, right? You can plug in two what? guys at that price. It is true. It absolutely is possible. Huh.
1: no, I know that. Um, <laughs> third approach, eleventh tee to green, or past twenty four rounds. Like again, just another guy that. Outside, you know, just has not been making many birdies, which is kind of rare because he's actually not a bad score. Really good at those proximity ranges. Really good at these par fours. Like he hits everything well. He played well at Phoenix a so place he had not really played well at either. Seventeenth um, here last year, forty fourth. Like he's just continually putting up good numbers. So I'm just going to keep rolling with him at seventy eight hundred.
0: All right, you gotta like you gotta like Abe answer here a little bit.
1: You gotta like. Charlie Hoffman and Adam Hadwin here a little bit, Skeeter, right? Pass on Hadwin. I know that's a course history, but I need to see a little more out of him. He's been playing good lately, man. Fiftieth, eighteenth, and thirty-second. That's three main cuts in a row. Yeah, but he's losing strokes and approach. It's all putting for the most part. Like, sorry, I there's other guys I'd rather play. Like, I'll pay a hundred extra for Hendrik Norland or Sam Burns who keep making cuts. Um and you'd pay the
0: same price for Charlie Hoffman. I understand that.
1: Oh, well, that too. And, you know, Russell <laughs> Knox was good last week. I mean, yeah. Like, I, okay. So why is he 7,100? I don't think he has the best history here, does he? Yeah. He's over 2, at least in the past seven or eight years, as far as made cuts. And he's just not really, he's just not a real exciting type of player. But 13th in approach with the past 24 rounds, top 10 in bogey avoids and opportunities gained. Those are good numbers. Um, Good yeah. from the proximity from two hundred under, not necessarily two hundred in. So, uh not the best scrambler, not the best putter, but I think at seventy one hundred he at least he excels in some of the categories that I'm going to consider here. And then, um, I think one other name I had started was Cameron Tringali, who's had a decent history here. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty seventeen degree, but tenth in putting, eleventh birdies are better. Good in those par four from four to five hundred yards wish he was a little better proximity from 150 to 175, but everything else checks out well for Tringali. And can't believe i actually play him over uh, Frankie at 7600. I might still go to Frankie, but Tringali is just sticking out statistically in course history-wise. Is someone that I need to consider.
0: Yeah, I would agree with the, another one I wrote down. Fitzpatrick, um, do anything for you here? Say that again? I'm sorry? Does Matthew <laughs> Fitzpatrick do
1: anything for you here? Man, I like him too, but no – Okay. Not yet. I think he's. Once I get to Florida with Fitzpatrick, like, I think he played really well. API. And I think Florida seems more like a spot for him. I don't. know Yeah, if I I'm think gonna go South with...
0: Carolina's is spot too, isn't it? Uh, Heritage.
1: That would seem like a course for him. I thought you were talking Kiwa Island. Uh,
0: no, I think Heritage is uh, is a Matthew Fitzpatrick spot. Like, I think I think he like grew up there, or grew up vacationing there. I know he's not an American.
1: Right. Oh no, I have to. No. Maybe, I, I forgot that narrative that's there. <laughs>
0: uh, I know some really weird, dumb things, dude. That's, that's all right. I can say.
1: Uh, anything else from the 7Ks? Uh, do we need a
0: fade? We well, certainly do. I didn't know if you had any other guys you liked in there.
1: Oh, no. Because
0: no. there's some newer names I could probably mention. I mean, James Hahn has won here before. KH uh, Lee, you were interested in betting last week. Those are two guys uh, yeah. that still interest me in this. in and this group too. A,
1: wasn't he in contention one, a couple years ago? 13th and 25th. Ooh. Ooh, I'm not okay, I'm gonna take a look at him. Um, my my fade. I just lost it too. a uh, Brendan Todd. Just not really doing much for me. It's not coastal Core, so and he's just so putter reliance that just just does not feel like a Brendan Todd type of course.
0: I get you. I think I'm gonna fade Ricky. I love Ricky Fowler. I mean, the price yeah. is dropping on him for a reason. Uh, and again, I mean, it just we haven't seen anything from him to make you think why. And this he hasn't played here in forever when he did the last time he missed the cut in 2014. So I mean, eventually it's 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 kinda like Ricky has become the new speed and speed's fighting his way out of it. Ricky's dropping like a rock in the pricing, and it's still kinda like, well, I he can keep dropping. I don't want to I don't want anything to do with it.
1: No, I get it. I mean, some point maybe maybe he needs Honda. Honda's I think somewhere where he's really played well before.
0: Players is coming up too. That could get him going again in that crowd. Or not well, I mean the crowd, I mean by the crowd I mean the uh, field, not necessarily the crowd around him.
1: Oh, you mean the crowd that he's always around congratulating him
0: when his friend wins? Well, yeah. I mean he's won the players now, so come on. I was trying to put some good vibes
1: on him there. Oh sorry, I was taking, I was taking unnecessary cheap shots.
0: Well, that's all right. Uh, he's got that he's got that Olympic rings on his forearm. It doesn't matter. Um I don't know what that meant. I just I don't know what that meant. Let's let's take it to six K, shall we? Yes. All right. Uh some decent names in here. Some, uh, some, I may take a dip to. We'll see, but we'll start with you Skeeter. Is there, is there a name in 6k that you're considering? Are you going to play anybody from this tier or are you just trying to find something?
1: I have a few names and I'm also start with the guy who I think was in a final group last year. I think 10 ruined him on Sunday. It was Harold Varner. Um, you know, in this range, 14th tee degree, 22nd approach, Really good those proximity ranges I'm looking at. 12th opportunity is gained. Just not making a ton of birdies. Uh, bogeys are kind of yeah, on the wrong side. But, you know, if he was 7,700, I'm not sure I'm playing. But 6,700, I think he carries some scoring upside, even if it has not been there as far as recent times. 13th last year, I think it was just a bad Sunday. But, I mean, I just think the price of the talent kind of match up here for, for HV3. What about the past champ,
0: 2007 champ Charles the III? It's been a while since he's missed a cut here. He was six two years ago. On top of that, win a decade plus ago, fifteenth four years ago, he's missed two cuts in a row. But before missing those cuts, it wasn't like he was just barely doing anything. He was he was inside the money line pretty good. So for me, Charles Howell at 6800. I mean, I, I'm not expecting him to win again, but nineteenth. Uh, 19th finish at Sony Open not that long ago, 23rd at Mayakoba not that long ago. It's not as if he's had a long-term form uh, problem. At 6,800 for a guy who's won well and top 10 here in the last two years, I'll I'll take a chance there. If
1: you remember, Sony is another track that Charles Howell always plays well at. And okay. He, yeah, so that makes sense. He's always played well here. And plus, if you like the Augusta narrative, where did Charles Howell grow up?
0: I would assume Augusta. Yes. I didn't know that, but uh, I feel like it's the only answer that you would allow that to uh, be there.
1: Correct. So yeah, he. So I mean, if you're going to play the Augusta narrative, there you go. Um, yeah, he lost four strokes putting at, at the Farmers. I don't know if that would be more of his event. Just missed the Amex. So I'm not on him, but I think there's a narrative to it. Um, three other guys I have starred. Doug Gim just kind of keeps making cuts, and again, rates out pretty well statistically. Makes maybe makes a few too many bogeys for my liking. Uh, Matthew Neesmith played well again last week. Um, I think he played well. Was it Farmers that he played well, or was that where I used him and he burned me? No. He
0: uh, that might have been when you he burned you, because I bet him that week.
1: No, I, I, He burned me at Amex. He was 48th at Farmers, 7th at Phoenix. His irons are just on fire right now. If he can putt, uh, Poa is his worst putting service. Great. Um, That's not good. And then the, other, the other guy, 6,600, I keep going back to him because he keeps running well. Peter Malinati, uh first in putting, ninth in birdies are better, forty third in approach. Just not, he makes a lot of bogeys, which again is a little bit of a concern here. Can he make enough birdies to offset that? But other, other than that, he's got some good statistics, stats that back him up at sixty six hundred.
0: A travesty that you failed to mention your friend Jim Herman. Uh, That's
1: your guy. I can't. He's
0: your he's your friend. You're the you're
1: uh, the guys who talk back and forth on social media. Uh, that was one time, but you know. You know, I, I I get that. I mean, like, you know, hey, anybody who's willing to respond to me when I, you know, who liked the fact that I liked him at 150-1, to one, I mean, hey, I'm all for. But, um, no, I, I leave him for you since he's a Cincinnati guy.
0: That's fair enough. Uh, what about Charles Schwartzel?
1: Oh, oh, boy.
0: He was – he missed a cut, but by plus one at waste management. He had made the previous two cuts. He's 6,500. Uh, I think his history here is good. And it's been a while, yeah, but in 2014 he finished third or fifth. 2013 he was third, so it's been a while, but he's played a little bit better. He's won the Masters as well. Like, I mean, I'm kind of grasping at things, but here's a guy who's been great. The confidence is in there, shown us a little bit here recently, and he's 6,500.
1: Was good at Farmers. Uh, was he polo putting? Eh, he's okay pole putting. Not for me. Um, the one name that. You know, in this range, too, I was just like, oh, I forgot how bad he's played. 6,800 Sebastian Munoz. That feels I thought about weird. him. That feels way too cheap, but he just has not been playing great. Um, Maybe Martin Laird, who's got a nice little history here. Hasn't done a ton recently, but he's one that kind of, of course, history made me pay attention to him a little bit, but. Again, I, I mean, there's decent players here, but do you, do we really need to go any further below this? Like, are you going to go with uh, past champion J.B. Holmes?
0: I wanted to. I wanted to put him down on my list, but, you know, I cannot.
1: And I know you're not going with Pittsburgh's finest, Jim Furyk.
0: Uh That's correct. I'm not. Uh, I Nor will I ever, again.
1: <laughs> oh, I bet you'll use him at some point.
0: I may. You're right. That's true. Especially if I start, uh, once I get old enough to start uh, to betting on the uh, the old people, maybe I'll do that. I don't know.
1: Now, the only other name that kind of popped out statistically, he has, does have a top five here a few years ago, 6,100. I have no idea when this guy, you know, he's kind of hit or misses. Wes Bryan, like he's seventh in approach 2019 to green, and he actually doesn't rate out horribly over the past 24 rounds and any of the categories i'm looking at was 32nd at sony last time we saw him i think at 6100 if you have to go down here if you're going to try to jam into those 10k plus guys i don't hate playing wes bryan i'm not doing it but i don't think it's i mean there's he's better than some of these others i mean i'd rather play him than like danny mccarthy or Bo Hogue, so i don't think he's the worst 6100 player we'll see all year
0: do you have an official fade out of this tier
1: Oh, I'm sure I can find one. Um, well, it's not it's not a short course, so for me, Ryan Armour. If it's not a short course, I tend to avoid Ryan Armour. So we will make him the official fade.
0: All right, I'm gonna fade Brant Snedeker because he uh, yeah. he he's he's a name that people could look at and go, "Oh my goodness!" Uh, anybody who pays attention anymore would would know better. But he's a big name, or at least was. So I'll say he's my
1: fade here. He isn't until he shoots 59 at Wyndham again this year, but uh, well, you know what, that ain't here, buddy. That's true. <laughs> All
0: right, well, I think that that does it for the DraftKings angle. But Skeeter, we do uh do have one and dons to discuss, and I think this is a tournament. If you if you want to pick a stud that you're not saving for a major, so I thought about this. Like I'm I'm saving Hatton and Rom for majors. Okay. I know that for sure. I'm saving Rom for the U.S. Open. I'm saving Hatton for. I haven't decided yet. I'm saving, but I'm saving him for a major. Kiawah Island, maybe I might save him for the uh, the Open Championship as well. Oh yeah. Um, you know what I mean. That makes sense too. So it's one of those two. I think I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do uh, with the Masters if I'm saving DJ. But like, this is a field where I say, okay, if I'm not gonna use Rory, if maybe Rory's the wrong example, um. Because he hasn't been firing on all cylinders. If I'm not going to use Dustin at a major, if I'm not gonna use Can'tley at a major, like now's the time to strike probably with him.
1: Yeah, um, like I don't know if this is a week you want to dip down to your Matthew Wolf's, uh Your I don't uh, think so. No, Russ Henley's uh, Abe answers. Like I don't think that's the week for me. I think I might just go back to Can'tley. I mean, I, he's a guy that I don't get right very often. And he's one I'm not saving for a major, and that maybe he'll burn me, but I think he played well enough last week. Has a decent history here. Um, I think it's a good. I, you know what? It, he's a top 15 ish golfer that I'm not going to use at the Masters or at any major. So, you know what? For me, I think Cantley is my play. I'll tell you who two contrarian plays. Because nobody likes playing guys one and done after they've already won in the season. Like, if you want to go Kepka or Berger, I think they'll be really low owned in one and done.
0: Yeah, uh, I haven't used Brooks. I'm questioning whether or not I'll save Brooks for uh, a major or not. I don't know. I mean, he he finishes so well at Augusta that it might be uh, if you know if I'm not going to use DJ, he might be my answer there. I would say uh, I would say too um, with Cantlay. He won the Memorial a couple years ago. Like he's won a yeah. tournament in a field like this. So unlike Finau, who I could argue, this is a time to pick him, but I might say, you know what? I'm saving Finau for the masters. Is he going to win it? I don't know. But if he, if I don't have the winner, I'll have a top five. You know what I mean? And it pays a hell of a lot of money for these one and dones with the top five. So like Cantley, he's won in a big field. He's won against these guys. So he's uh he's a good consideration too.
1: Yeah. Um, up top, I mean DJ, yes, because the course history. Rom's intriguing, but I think because I think a lot of people will save him for majors. Justin Thomas is tempting. The only reason I'm not going there, and again, this could be a little narrative basis. is if you remember at Phoenix, the final round, he was kind of lethargic or he was he just wasn't there because he just found out his grandpa passed away and nobody mm-hmm. can blame him. Like, I'm, so I'm assuming the past week or so he's been dealing with that. Like, is this the escape, or is that still on his mind a little bit? Like, it's, you know, I guess a nitpicking here, at least from a one-and-done perspective. But I kind of almost want to see how he responds after that. Because, again, we all handle, grie- you know, grieving differently. Some, it's much longer than others. And, you know, I think there's just, you know, that's just enough of a question mark for me where I probably am not going to use him in one-and-done just for that reason.
0: Yeah, and I didn't mention him, I guess, which was short sighted on my part because I already oh, used sorry. him at Phoenix. So uh not a consideration for me. But uh yeah, I mean I, I'm with you. This is not a week to to go down to Neiman or Wolf or Leishman. I mean, this is you're you're talking Adam Scott and above for me. I actually is don't what I'm think, thinking about.
1: I actually don't think Neiman's the worst I mean, we would okay. seen him since Hawaii, but he's in good form. So I mean, that would be a that's an interesting name.
0: It would be low owned.
1: I think so too.
0: It would be low-owned.
1: Because, uh, you know, if it does, I realize one and done, we don't price ranges, but people will use Scott. People are going to use Bubba because of his history here.
0: Good luck. Have fun with that.
1: I'm not using Bubba, but I'm just saying,
0: to use. <laughs> I'm not using Bubba. I don't think I'll use Bubba all year.
1: Oh, oh wait. Wait until he wins this week, and then he'll be like, oh, all right, I might use him at the Masters. Or
0: uh, There's the- no way in hell I'm using him at the uh, at Augusta. Okay. okay. I mean, he'd have to – dude, he'd have to do a whole lot between now and then.
1: What if he wins here and wins match play?
0: <laughs> I won't be using him at Augusta. <laughs> I'm using one of those – I'm telling you, I'm not going past like Tony Finow.
1: So, in other words, uh, you're saving him for the Travelers.
0: Maybe. Maybe. I don't see myself using Bubba this year. I really don't. Okay. Uh, I mean, in, in like uh, a multiple pick scenario, yeah, but a one-and-done where we're talking – 35 picks throughout the course of the year like i don't think bubs is one of the top 35 golfers in the world on nah, no i don't see myself picking him that's fair so you know i mean i don't like i don't hate bubba i'm just saying i just no like like the only reason he's not my fade in 8k is because he's won this tournament three times but he's still outside of like top half of the guys i would play i bet you i don't even play a lineup with him out of out of my 10 yeah no I,
1: so, get it. I don't know um we got anything else to hit here brother I don't think so. Um, I know you and I are going to be in a golf draft starting Wednesday, which is, we were talking a lot about that before the show starts, which I think it'll be really fun and to see how this all plays out.
0: The first time I will participate in that, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, so maybe uh, maybe after we start making our picks, Skeeter, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll reveal some of my, my rankings. Because as we talked about before the show, and for anybody who might be uh, getting into one of these leagues I'd heard about these a long time ago. I wasn't as into golf then. Uh, I'm super stoked to get into this 12-man draft. Uh, I don't think that uh, – well, we talked about it. I don't think you just go straight by the official world golf rankings because you've no. got players that rank very well in Europe that may not be in these PGA Tour events that will play for us. Um, you know, and you got guys like – I mean w- – I love the personality of this Opi Bonrat, but, you know, when he was inside the world top 50, it wasn't because he was winning, you know, it wasn't because he was torching like tournaments in America with big fields, he was winning elsewhere. So um, it'll be interesting to see how these rankings get set up because of A, our tournaments that are being used in our league, and then B, you know, world golf ranking versus how good is this person really if you put him in a field with the golfers he's ranked next to.
1: Right, yeah. Should be fun. Yeah, I mean, as, as we talk about, I'd be curious to see where some of these Euro players go—the ones that are in the WGCs and the match and you know the ma- the majors. Like,
0: I'm really interested to
1: see where Hatton goes
0: uh, with the 11th pick. I don't think he gets to me, but I could see some uh, American bias. I mean, Rahm and Rory are more established. They'll be gone by pick 11, no questions asked. Oh gosh, but. Yes. H- but but Hatton's ranked ahead of Rory, so like it's not you know what I mean. It's uh, world golf ranking; he's ahead of him. So it'll I'll be like he's the I think the one of the most interesting guys. And then Tommy gets pretty interesting too. Oh yeah, uh, great player, very popular. How much is he going to be here? So I don't know, man. I can't wait to watch this thing unfold.
1: I know, I know it'll be fun. Um, I'll give you a hint: Rom might not make it make it past two.
0: Well, I mean. He makes a lot of sense at the U.S. Open, which pays more because it's U.S. Open this year. That field, that tournament, so it makes sense. Like I told, I just told you, I'm saving him for the U.S. Open. Wouldn't be a bad pick at number two at all, and he's definitely one I would consider. It's
1: one of a Memorial. Um, That's right. Yeah, it plays. He's played well to Augusta too. So I mean, X Cup uh, history is pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, I mean <laughs> yeah, because I'm assuming DJ is going one, so my pick is between Rory, Rob, and. And JT at
0: two, yeah. DJ, if DJ falls to two, you get you yes. get super lucky. But it could happen. I mean, we we've, we've seen it. crazier things happen.
1: Right, right.
0: And all all it takes is a guy with a signed Justin Thomas shirt to uh, or hat to to make that pick. You know.
1: Yep, that's right.
0: So, all right, Skeeter. Well, you got anything else for the Genesis? I don't. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll be watching golf and shoveling snow for another week in a row. As. Yeah. I, I told you before the show I was I was doing that last Wednesday watching the amateurs uh, on the TV in my garage while I was shoveling my driveway out so let's uh, let's do it again this week what do you say
1: sounds good let's let's <laughs> let's uh, let's try to get a little more success in the DraftKings and betting front this week and uh...
0: yes I don't need three top sevens uh, with top six bets again that was uh, talk about ugh, talk about being on the edge there but that's all right yeah. brother that's all right. Yep. Well, until next week, we appreciate everybody for listening. He is Skeeter Robinson. I'm James Adams, and this has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.